A kids edition. We play the game and then we won it. I kicked it for everyone's legs. Oh, nice. Yeah. kids edition. With Max Becker and Ellie Blackburn. Yes, that's right. Welcome back to the Kids Edition. It's been a huge weekend in footy. My name's Max Becker. A thumping of West Coast, the first 200 and double century score since 2011 in an AFL match. Geelong prevail over a sluggish Demons outfit on Thursday night in Fremantle. Plot a series of wins in time for finals. On the show today, we'll review the weekend of action. Hear from John Longmire post-game and Oakley Chargers head coach Paul Griffiths joins us from 8.45am. Joining me is Western Bulldogs AFLW star Ali Blackburn. Ali, it's great to see you this morning. How are you? Good morning, Max. It's good to be here on a lovely Sunday morning. Uh, it's actually gorgeous outside uh, today. It was a nice drive in um, this morning. So any kids out there, have you got any junior sport on You've got local footy or Roskick, you can give us a call on 1300 736 736 and have a chat to us about your game. Or if you've already played this weekend, have a chat to us about how you went already. Or if, you want, if you're a Sydney Swans supporter, you can <laughs> give us a call and tell us how exciting that win was uh, last night and uh, have a chat to us about that, Max, on 1300 736 736. We've got two packs of footy cards to give away <laughs> today. So the first two callers to call in, you'll get yourself... A beautiful pack of footy cards to uh to add to your collection. So one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Geelong and Melbourne Alley. Geelong get the win by fifteen points and prevail. Melbourne were looking awfully sluggish in that one. Chris Petrarca had thirty three touches. Viney with twenty five disposals. Gary Rowan, who caused all sorts of controversy um, over the SEN network and airwaves. Um, throughout Friday and Saturday. He had three goals and Joel Smith with two goals. But the start to the fourth term for Geelong was vital. If through goals from Henry, Guthrie, Blitzars, Duncan and Broome set them up for a much-needed win. Yeah, there wasn't much happening in that game up until three-quarter time. And then all of a sudden, Geelong used the home ground to their advantage as what it looked like. And, you know, they, they just put the foot down, basically, and, and, and played some really good footy in that to start off that final term and, and really got Melbourne on the back foot early on. We're able to secure a really good victory for them, I think, in the in the context of the season, Max. It puts them in a really nice position just outside the eight at the moment. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's huge for them in, in terms of their season, Max. What about Melbourne? How do you view that game from, I guess, their perspective? Yeah, I mean, they, they probably more so have a look at, the moments in the lead up to that final term, how could have they exposed mm-hmm. Geelong in different ways? They had a, a really experienced midfield um, against Geelong's midfield. Um, you know, they obviously in the likes of Petrarca and Viney in there. Uh, you know, they probably didn't capitalise on on that as much as possible, but they're a great team nonetheless. Though Max um, Melbourne are, and I've no doubt they'll bounce back next week um, as a result of it all. So, yeah, they've who have they got next week? They've got Giants. Um, so I think they'll bounce back pretty comfortably uh, in that space. Yep. St Kilda and Brisbane on Friday night. Brisbane, it wasn't a great game to watch. Ali, you called that one. Jack Sinclair led all disposal leaders with 36 and Lockie Neal had 29 touches. Eric Hipwood, though, had four goals and below him was Joe Danaher with two. The Lions forwards were, were firing. They were. And there wasn't much happening in this game. It was, it was a bit frustrating, I would say, for supporters being mm-hmm. there. It was... There were so many almost moments happening. The way Brisbane set up defensively was, uh, you know, it stopped St Kilda being able to score and 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 Saints weren't getting to positions quickly and moving as fast as what they could have. You're right, Sinclair played well with the 36 touches and the goal himself. Really liked the game of Pitwood, thought he was good. 
thought Dunkley was really good as well with his 26 touches and a goal um, to go along with that. So there were some big performers for for the Lions that, yeah, was a was a good win for them. And, um, yeah, they'd, they'd take a lot of confidence out of that. And they've probably had two wins over the last couple of weeks where they haven't played their best footy, Max, but yeah. they've got the win nonetheless. So it's, it's positive to know that you can still win in those circumstances. Harris Andrews was a brick oh, wall down back. It was nine intercept marks. It was huge to see him. And for myself personally at the game, it was like the Saints just can't break that last line of defense um, of the Lions in Harris Andrews. Yeah, he he was just reading him exceptionally well. And and I think it's the way they set up their defense that allows him to, to get across and, and take those intercept marks. But I think you need to be a, a really good reader of the footy and, and be willing to fly and, and work hard to get into those positions. And he does exactly that. So he was great. He was hard to get past, and he just he he stopped Caminiti, and then I think they ended up putting Mitch Owens on him and played a bit of a role. So it it stopped his impact in the second half, but by then the most of the damage was done. He <laughs> he had I think eleven marks the half time anyway, Max. So he, he was phenomenal. Harris Andrews nine intercept marks. What a performance it was from him and the Lions as they beat the Saints in Friday night footy. Your thoughts? Oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen on the temper text, or one 736 If you've got any thoughts on any games, you're on the way to your junior footy and you're loving where it's up and about at the moment on a beautiful Sunday morning here in Melbourne and all over, a country, over the country, Australia-wide. Ali, a massive thumping. Sydney and West Coast. Now, you're not hearing me wrong. 31 goals, 19, 205. To five goals, four, 34. Sydney win by 171 points. Chad Warner with 33 touches. Errol Goulden had 32 disposals on a couple of goals to his name. Heaney with five goals on Logan McDonald. Al Macca with four goals. Yeah, it was some performance, wasn't it, Max? They, they really put the foot down in this one. They started pretty strong. I think they had like a nine-goal opening term to start off with. And, and when, you, when you're doing that, it's it's hard to defend against. Errol Gordon was pretty good as well in the game, wasn't he, Max? He had the 32 touches and three goals. Um, he had an outstanding performance. Heaney had the five goals himself with the 22 touches. Four goals for Amadi, four goals for McDonald, three goals for McLean and McInerney. So, I mean, they just... They were pretty impressive, the Swans. There's not much you can do for, for West Coast in those no. moments. When when a team has that much momentum, it's it's really hard to stop and you're almost sort of looking around for, for someone to do something in the opposition point of view. But you you just struggle in those moments. And But a 200-point score for Sydney, that's a that's pretty big, Max. Double centuries this decade at the SCG, only Manus Lavashane <laughs> and now the Sydney Swans to record 200-plus. But... For the West Coast Eagles, it was their fourth 100-plus loss this year, and it's detrimental to their ego, their reputation of such a proud club. Yeah, it is, and they, they'd be really disappointed with, with that big of a loss. 171 points, like that's a, that's a big loss <laughs> at, at the end of the day. It's, to only kick the five goals themselves, yeah, they'd be, they'd be really disappointed with that performance, regardless of how their season's going. I know they've been... Hurt pretty badly by injury um, across the across the border of the, se- the season, but they just they look so down in confidence of recent times, more so than probably what they have been. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, they're almost sort of hoping for the finish line to get there a bit sooner by the looks <laughs> of it. 
Well, they could be on the up considering if they don't trade their number one pick that they're looking to secure at the moment. Do you feel they'll trade it away? Trade away Harley Reid, pretty oh. much. He's almost he's pretty much a certainty, let's say, for number one pick. Yeah, he, he would be a, a, a certain number one pick. It's it's so hard to pick. You don't know what goes on in the mind of the selectors and recruiters and and what they think's best for the club. I mean, he's he's going to be. A great player for for a long time, um, by the looks of it, Harley Reid. But you know, there's there's also plenty of other talent sort of in that draft as well coming through. So, you know, it's a big decision for them to weigh up at the end of the day, Max, and and what they can get in return for it all. Essendon and Fremantle. Fremantle got the win by 32 at Optus Stadium. Caleb Sarong had 32 touches. I absolutely love. Liam Henry, he had 32 disposals. He's incredibly influential. I feel his disposal efficiency is off the charts and the way he goes about it. I love everything about him, that man in Liam Henry. Luke Jackson was in some fine form, continuing his consistent form uh, over the length of the season with three goals, and Michael Walters had two goals. And Freo were plotting a finals series now, Ali. Yeah, they are. They're, they're well, equal points with... Adelaide, who are just inside the top eight. So they're just sitting in that 10th spot. So it uh, was a big win for the Dockers to bounce back uh, yesterday against Essendon, who are a, a really informed team at the moment. So it was it, to get that win at home and secure that win at home is is a real confidence booster. I really like the game of Jackson as well. He was able to get the three goals himself and, and again, get that confidence booster that he mm-hmm. needs. So a big win for the Dockers. And they look good, didn't they, in the game, Max? Yeah, extremely good. They've got so many young players, and I think that leadership of Nat Five. But a talking point was Alex Pierce was subbed out of the game. Now, at that point in time, it was reported from uh, the Frio medical staff that it wasn't that it was tactical and it wasn't medical. But that doesn't seem um, sufficient evidence um, with with, <laughs> with the ice strapped to his calf throughout that fourth quarter. What do you make of that? Yeah, well, on the. On the sheet in the app, it's, it says he was sub-injured. So <laughs> <laughs> you would, um, you know, you you don't want to assume too much. But but by the looks of that, it's like <laughs> he's injured. He's yeah. injured. So, I mean, which isn't, yeah, hopefully it's nothing too major for him. And, um, yeah, hopefully he's okay with it all. Do they lack leadership through Alex Pierce, Freo? Oh, it's a, it's a really tough one. I don't. I don't really know too much about Alex Pierce and, and sort of the way he's gone about it personally. So I know they've got some great players in their team that they can definitely lean on for that leadership part of it. But I don't really know personally too much about sort of how Alex Pierce goes about mm-hmm. it. We don't know what happens behind the four walls. He he might be, you know, a really influential person that, that they, they're inspired by. And he's obviously been selected as a reason as their skipper. So he... he he must be the person that they want and, and need in that role, Max. That they see to steer them to their first premiership in AFL. Maybe, potentially, if they pl- can plot a finals run for this year. We'll take a quick break here on the Kids Edition. We'll be right back after this. The Kids Edition. We played a game and then we won it. I kicked it for everyone's legs. On SEN, the Kids Edition. With Max Becker and Ellie Blackburn. Yes, that's right. Welcome back to the Kids Edition. Well, last night, John Longmire spoke in his press conference post-game about a well-rounded team performance. Yeah, look, first of all, it's probably uh, pretty hard. I just spoke to Simo afterwards. I think they had two players available back in Perth, I think, to play for their reserves team. And so 
they've had a tough time for quite a while, and um, you know it's it's hard when you you haven't got your best players available, you haven't got a squad together. So um, <clears throat> it was tough for them, but you know from our perspective, we just thought it was you know it was from go to woe. It was you know it was really good quality team football. It was you know it was a high quality game. And up against another van side, as you said, um, how important was it to sort of put the foot down and, and really? Uh... Not just boost your percentage for putting a performance like that. Well, it's just a, so much. Of, it's about the percentages. It's, it's the outcome, but it's a, the way we went about it was 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 terrific to watch. It was just um, you know a really good team performance. Um, everyone contributing when they had to, and and everyone sharing the load. It was um, you know it was a high quality sort of team performances. I thought that was the biggest thing that stood out. And how aware were you and the team of, of the records that were there to be taken, breaking through the twenty point mark? No idea. No. no interest. No interest. No, it was just about watching the, you know, how they were going about it. It had nothing to do with the records. It was just about um, how we're going about our job at hand, our, our task in front of us, and it, it, <clears throat> we're able to get on top. And then we kept going, and that was the uh, the most pleasing aspect of the game was that we just kept going and we kept kept um, focused on the task at hand, the very next play, the next. Next bit of um, footy, footy that was in front of us, and we just stayed it, you know, very present, and um, was that was the best pleasing aspect. John Longmire post game on the well-rounded team performance and the Swans coaching staff pleased that everyone played their part. Ali, what'd you make um, of John Longmire? You'd assume they'd move on from this win pretty quickly. Yeah, they definitely take some a, a lot of positives out of the game, Max. I mean, to have a win that big and. You'd sort of look at your processes and, and what was the build-up to the game. So I think you'd take things out of that. You know, what was the messaging to the players? How were the players pre-game? You know, what were what were the things that they really focused heavily on throughout the game that they were able to implement and implement to that standard as well to, to get that big of a score? It's it's not just luck or playing against a, a team that's struggling. It's it's you have to be doing some things mm. right. And, and, you know, that I think they'll reflect on that in the coming weeks and, and try and, you know, build off that as much as possible, Max. In terms of player vision and that, it's all class. I mean, you had someone like Robbie Fox come in in that last quarter and it was a tactical sub to sub off Callum Mills, even though you didn't really need yeah. it. Tactically, Robbie Fox came in and made a huge impact um, with a couple of intercept marks down back, which was fantastic to see. And Aaron Francis, the former bomber, is having a massive impact down back for the Swans in the absence of Paddy and Tom McCartan. Yeah, exactly. They've they've been able to find some support there uh, with the likes of those guys being out of the side. So, yeah, it's a, it's it's impressive from a Sydney point of view that they've been able to find that. Or that, I mean, they've always had it. Yeah, well, they've had it there, but. Yep. Um, being able to see it come to life a little bit more, I suppose, over the um, past couple of weeks. So, yeah, it's a, it was a big win for him to to gain that confidence with those players in the side, Max. Absolutely, Ali. We've got two packs of AFL cards, Woo. footy cards to give away for you kids this morning. So give us a call. If you're on your way to footy, you're having brekkie, you're yes. getting ready, you're putting your socks and shoes on if you have any pre-game superstitions or your team's had a win over the weekend, give us a call on one three hundred seven three six seven three six to win a pack of footy cards. I know I'd definitely love some. Yeah, absolutely. It's oh, footy cards are the best. I I remember collecting sort of with the the you had the big vine folder and would chuck them in. I know lots of people do them nowadays. Uh, with it all still, so they're great to see. They're a great collector's item, the the footy cards. Max, so you got two packets here that we can give away 
on one three hundred seven three six seven three six. It's uh, it's pretty good to to have some footy cars, Max. Are you a big collector of them? Not myself, but my little brother is. So yeah. if you don't call in, he'll uh, he'll <laughs> happily snap them up. <laughs> he'll take collection. them off your hands. But you um, you, there's even a chance to get yourself in there, Ali. A uh, a captain card. How do you feel about being, you know, on on an AFL footy card? Have you got any at home of yourself? I've I've had a couple handed to me from like friends or family or even just supporters who have mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. had double ups or triple ups of, of my cards and just given them to me at games or whatever it might be. So I do have a couple just casually lying about. The only thing I'd ask to change is some of the photos on them. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to pick what photos go yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> some of the images <laughs> I've had on them are terrible. So, <laughs> But they're, um, yeah, nonetheless, <laughs> a great collector's item. They have, and they come in so many different ways, like how they're, you know, the hologram type setup. And the star power um, cards, yeah. Yeah, they're, you know, different sort of levels of the, the types of cards mm-hmm. you can get. So they're uh, they're pretty cool to have and um, to see. It's it's amazing, the, the footy cards. I actually really enjoy them. Do you remember AFL minifigures? They used to have, like, it used, they used to be at Coles. They were about when I was seven. So what's that, six? Well, that's like almost nine years ago now. But so there were these little, there were these little mini figures, and you collect them. And you, so my favourite swipe had a Nick Rewalt one. Yeah, right. You collect them. You get them in pack. It's like, um, like Woolworths collectibles. You know how they did the oh, Lego yep. brick piece and things like yep. that. It was like that, but you collect them at Coles and things like that. And see, I had this massive collection. My favourites are Nick Rewalt, Lee Montagna, yep. and it was um, it was awesome. Hey, on Friday night it was Spuds game. Uh, for the Saints, and it was great to see such an amazing call, cause. They had the curtain raiser, Lee Montagna, some legends of the Saints, Justin Kaczynski, mm. um, Brendan Goddard before he headed up to uh, to the coach's yeah. box for the Saints, and Chelsea Frawley, obviously, um, for a dad spud. It was great to see. Yeah, it was um, it was great to watch that, that game beforehand. It was just a lot of fun um, watching the players go about it. Archie Thompson was playing it as well, and he was just doing, like, some phenomenal soccer skills. <laughs> he wasn't picking up the footy at all. Uh, was Yeah, it was a lot of fun to to watch that game and, and for a good cause as well, for people coming together and, you know, wrapping their arms around their mates and, and particularly for Spud as well and, and just to, what the game represents in, in terms of the, the mental health space and, you know, promoting that and, and encouraging people to speak up and... Um, you know, chat to their mates about what's going on. I think is is really important messaging uh, for the for everyone to to listen to and be part of. And yeah, what a what a great way that they go about it in terms of promoting it. And and the Frawley family as well. They've done an incredible job um, to to continually do this over the last few years. Um, it's a it's a um, great game and a great representation of it all. Max, Ali, you mentioned before receiving footy cards from fans. Is there a particular fan experience like between yourself and a fan that is most memorable for you? It's oh, a really good question, actually. I'm trying to think of a couple of moments that have sort of popped up. It's nothing too, like nothing sort of one-off that's too specific that I can think of. But yeah, it's just really nice when particularly women or young kids sort of are playing now or, or wanted to play women's footy and the, the conversations are, are different. So the, the younger generation are like, thank you. I'm so excited to play footy. I play because of 
you know, people like yourself and, mm-hmm. and to see yourself as that kind of role model is, is phenomenal. So when you get conversations like that with supporters and fans, um, it's, it's really heartwarming to, to hear that stuff. I absolutely love it. And then the older generation of women that turn around and say, if, if this was on 10 years ago, I would have given it a, a red hot crack and, yep. and done my best to try and, you know, play AFLW or even longer, even in 20 or 30 years ago. Um, that they would have loved to have have had a go of AFLW and or, or tried their best to, mm-hmm. to make it to the level at least. Um, or they would have started footy, playing footy themselves, Max. So when you have those interactions, it just, it, you sort of realise why you, you play the game. I mean, I play it because I love it and it's a, it's a wonderful game to play and, and be part of. But when you hear the stories like this, it, it makes it even more worthwhile. You, you have a real strong reason as to why you get to do what you do and and if you can continue to inspire these fans and supporters, it's a it's a really nice experience to have. So I think when when you t- chat to fans in that space, it's um it's pretty cool, Max. Absolutely, it'd be great to see yourself uh, as a role model, Ali, for you know younger girls mm. and even boys now out there who are getting into AFLW. It's great to see the whole AFL um community, men, women, everyone getting involved um in the AFLW. It's obviously great to. Not only yeah. increase you girls' pay and the amount of work and professionalism um, of you girls, but the crowds and atmosphere you yeah. guys get at games. Um, especially coming into this season, I think it's had a lot more representation. Do you feel that? Yeah, absolutely. And and I have no doubt more of that will come when when the season gets a bit closer. You know, when the fixture gets announced and and more of those details get locked in for the for the upcoming season, Max. I think then you can push more of it in that space, and you know. Fans will know where the games are going to be so they can get excited by it. Hopefully we can um, have a game at Witten this season with the redevelopment. Um, I'm fingers crossed we can we can have a game there and squeezing some fans into into that venue there. It's looking pretty sharp um, at the moment. But, yeah, look, I'm, I'm super excited by the by the upcoming season and, and yeah, the players are excited. We're, you know, it's been a, a very long off-season. Everyone's had a great break after the two seasons last year. So... I think now that you've had that long in between, yeah. it's yep. we're eager get, get us <laughs> get us around one. I'm, I'm uh, yeah, loving sort of being around the club and around the players and and the staff and the coaches and everyone involved and just being a part of a footy club. It's it's, it's such a nice thing to have. It's it's such a great community within a community. Um, and AFLW represents that ex- exceptionally well, Max. Absolutely, Ali. Girls are feeling good heading into AFLW season eight of. The league. We'll take a quick break here on the Kids Edition. Your thoughts, 1-300-736-736. If you want to win a pack of footy cards, you're on your way to footy, having brekkie, getting your shoes and socks on, any pregame superstitions you have, or if your team had a win, or tell us who your favourite player is to watch in footy. 1-300-736-736. We'll be right back after this. The kids' edition. We played a game and then we won it. I kicked it for everyone's legs. Oh, nice. Yeah. The kids' edition. With Max Becker and Ellie Blackburn. Yes, that's right. Welcome back to the Kids Edition, a very special segment of Local Legends this week. Let's get to it. This is Local Legends. Eight points. Eight points. So you kicked one goal, two, just in behind. Yeah. I got a goal. Local 
We're down here at Port Arlington with Ash. Ash, heard you guys had a great win last night. What was that like to uh, to get the W? Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, we were training hard to go into the game because it was a strong side we were against and it was good to get the win with the boys. Were there any particular players you, I guess, had matched up on? Yeah, we actually had an ex-player play with us last year. So we had a bit of, you know, fun banter. Bit of rivalry. Yeah, good to get the win against the next teammate. Yeah, what? good. We had a chat after the game and that. Yeah, awesome. What position do you play? I was a wing. Oh, what, what's your favourite part about playing on the wing? The whole time it's either you've got all the space or you're right in the contest. Yeah, absolutely. Do you like getting in amongst the contest or rather have the ball to yourself out in space? Um, I'm not bad with the contest, but it's always good to have the space, get a good run in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what are you guys most looking forward to about the rest of the season? Um, well, we've actually got a really good arrival with Anglesey and... Yeah, it'll just be a real challenge to play them. We're facing them at home in a few weeks. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's awesome. How are you placed in terms of, like, the ladder? We're first right now, and it's just us and Anglesey, basically. You and Anglesey. So that will be uh, a really good challenge. Who would you say is the best player on your team? Would you like to give a shout-out? Yeah, I'll go Ollie Boland. Yeah, awesome. Why is he the best player? Oh, he's just a strong, on-ball... Every time he gets it, it's a clear clearance disposal. Always know what's best to do with the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ash, thanks so much for joining us on the Kids Edition. Thank you. We've got a special call like, coming in from the Solomon Islands. Jed and Archie, two brothers. Jed, how are you? Uh, good, thank you. What? <laughs> who do you go for in the footy? Uh, good. Uh, the Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Up the doggies. Up the doggies. That's, that's right. Who's your favourite player? Bailey Smith, baby. Oh, why do you like Bailey Smith? Because he's got uh, a cool mullet. Because he's no, got a cool he's mullet. Just good. He's just good? Yeah, absolutely. Now, Archie, I heard you're a bit of a weapon in footy. Can you tell me about what do you think about yourself in footy? I'm, I'm good in backline. Good in the backline. I'm happy to Ooh. boot it out whenever it comes in, in backline. It's, back. it's great to hear someone that's a I defender. Think. What's your favourite part about being a yeah. defender? Just tackling mostly, just tackling really hard. What? Why do you like footy so much? Do you, and do you want to give a, couple, a shout out to a couple of your mates? Yep, Will, my cousins here. So Jake, Will Belanda, uh, Hugs Wood, Jake Wood, Belanda, and Angie Wood, Wood. Um, local legends there. Some special callers <laughs> are on holidays in the Solomon Islands, and a good win in. Uh, for Ash playing some Friday night footy. Ali, what's the best thing for you or favourite thing about being a midfielder? Would you rather be up and about in the contest or have the ball open in space, be able to you know, slot a goal or get it into to the big forwards in there? Oh, if I could sit somewhere in between and on the fence for that one. <laughs> Max, I, I love a bit of both, personally. Um, I love being in, a, in and amongst the contest and, and winning a, a hard footy. I think it's a really rewarding part of the game uh you know the it's it's nice to be able to extract the footy from a contest and give it out to your teammates in space but it's also nice to be on the receiving end of a couple of those handballs which I have the absolute pleasure and luxury of playing with um a Kirsty Lamb so mm-hmm. she uh can can manage to, <laughs> to get her head in and under and um into spots that there's not many people who are willing to go and um, she can extract the footy quite well to players like myself who 
tend to sometimes float towards the outside when you see her trying to win the footy. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice part to, to have in the game. So a mixture of both. What about you? What would you like or prefer? Open space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm smaller, so if I can get out in open space, have a run, have a bounce or two and either kick a goal or get an inside 50, that's probably probably the ultimate. I'm not, I wouldn't be too yeah. keen on getting crunched in a, in a big contest. I'm hoping to go get a hard hardball get, but if, you know, a, a bunch of, like, blokes who are 40 centimetres taller than me dive on me, yeah. that's why I'm, no, I'm out. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's fair enough then. <laughs> <laughs> Your calls on one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We'll take a quick break here on the Kids Edition. Oakley Chargers head coach Paul Griffiths joins us on the other side. The Kids Edition. We played a game and then we won it. I kicked it for everyone's legs. Oh, nice! Yeah. The Kids Edition. With Max Becker and Ellie Blackburn. Yes, that's right. Welcome back to the Kids Edition. Head coach of the Oakley Chargers, Paul Griffiths, joins us on the Kids Edition this morning. Paul, it's great to have you on the show. How are you? Good, thanks, Max. Um, thanks for having me on. No worries. Now, um, you've got some great talent uh, that have come through the program of the Chargers, uh, you know, in the last year or so. Can you tell me about some of the standards that have been set uh, by yourself this year and some of the other coaches? Yeah, I mean, coming into the program, a little bit late-ish. Um, Jace Davenport, who was the previous coach, got a job up at GWS. So um, I came in to replace him around about round two-ish. So um, we didn't want to upset things too much, mate. We we wanted to make sure that we came in and um, kept stability around the space so that the players, particularly the players in their top age in their draft year, um, felt like that they could take what they've already learned and just continue to grow that and, I mean, I think we've been able to do that with other coaches pretty well. Um, there's a lot of disruptions in, in the coach league with school competitions and Metro and, um, and and quite a few things that can remove the concentration of these players. And um, a big part of our role is to make sure that we can provide some stability so that they can play the best footy. How do you try and provide them that stability and, you know, keep these kids, obviously they're only bottom ages, like 17 and top ages, 18-year-olds heading into the draft and give them you know, a sense of stability and also um, comfort knowing um, they'll be okay heading into the draft? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's about making sure that they understand why they made our program in the first place and mm-hmm. and that they, they made our program because of the strengths that they've got and, and just instilling that and reinforcing that into the plays and, um, and also to trying to look for um, the strengths in the plays and I'm, I'm big on finding what they're really good at and coaching that out of them. So as long as you make sure that that's the forefront of their mind most of the time and um, and to focus on, uh, to be cliche, but just the process of getting better and not worrying about um, how good they're going to be, then it keeps their mind busy and focused on that. Hey, Paul, thanks for joining us on the show this morning. And and obviously, we, we have a lot of kid listeners out there um, tuning in. So how do you sort of get into a coach league program and, and particularly with the Oakley Chargers? And, and how do you manage those expectations coming through the ranks? It's as simple as just enjoying your football wherever you're at, whether it, where you're playing junior footy. And, and the one thing that should never change is um, your ability just to have fun and enjoy what you're doing. Um, don't worry too much about um, the outcomes are where you, it's good to have goals. It's good to want to get to places. But um, if you focus too hard on those things, 
you can sometimes forget to stay present where you're at and enjoy what you're doing. So if you play good enough football and, and you're starting to get selected for representative teams and that's when our rep, um, that's when our recruiting guys will, will come across and, and find you at some stage. So and the old saying is if you're good enough, you'll get found in the end. So just keep working hard, keep enjoying it and, and someone will find you at some stage. Paul, you were at Richmond uh, as the VFL assistant coach in 2019. Obviously, a great year for both the VFL and AFL size. What was that season like, I guess, from your perspective? I'm just really, really privileged and um, grateful to be a part of the environment at that stage in their existence. Clearly, as you say, they had a lot of success around the entire club and, and being able to work with someone like Craig McRae and a lot of the fantastic coaches in the VFL program at that stage taught me a hell of a lot about um, about coaching and about people and um, really did, you know, I had a great passion for coaching prior to that. But once I was involved in that program, I really did um, develop a want and desire to continue to do it and do it full time, which is what I'm fortunate enough to be doing now. And Paul, you mentioned Craig McRae um, being able to coach alongside him. He's probably one of the most loved coaches in the AFL at the moment and, and you can't help but admire what he's doing at Collingwood. Was Did you see similarities in that and, and the way you went about it at, at Richmond at the time? Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's no surprise at all that, that he's doing what he's doing. And um, if anybody who had known Craig um, at Richmond or previously or um, would understand why he has such success, he's a genuinely intelligent person first and foremost he knows football back to front he's very very good at that and sees the game incredibly well but he's just a wonderful human being in person and great connector of people and he really does invest in everybody that that's in the program from from top to bottom so yeah it's no surprise that he's doing as well as he's doing and i'm glad that he is max because i'm a Collingwood supporter so it's, <laughs> um i'm enjoying the riders um, from a couple of different levels so obviously with Vic Metro as the midfield coach working alongside uh, some stars of the future in Levi Ashcroft and Nate Caddy, who's been playing some midfield time with you guys this season. What's that been like to work with some of these kids coming through the ranks? It's always good fun working with anybody who's driven and, and wanting to uh, to be successful and, and be the best version of themselves. And when you get to the level of Metro and, and all the other teams, I'm sure that Country and Allies and, and WNSA are the same, but... Um, these kids really don't need um, a hell of a lot of prodding. They, they, they're like sponges. They come to you and, um, and they instill anything that you try and teach them. So it's been wonderful. And Will Brown and, um, and uh, Lever Ashcroft, uh, as you talk about, Nathan Blake, Ties, Connor Brown, yeah, Joe, um, Josh Smilly, the list goes on. There's, um, there's some really good talent that roll through that midfield in the Metro team. So it's been a good experience. I've enjoyed it a lot. And obviously... Round 11, talk us through how your season's going at the moment and, and, and what do you look forward to uh, for the remainder of the season? So for us, it's always just about creating an environment where the players feel safe and um, and able to to bring whoever they are and whatever that looks like and um, and put their best foot forward in an, an attempt to try and get drafted or... Um, and we understand, it's, and they understand too, it's not all about getting drafted, only a small percentage do. So if they can leave the program and go on to play you know, either VFL football or be just wonderful local players um, for their local teams, then that's a win as well. So for us, it's about um, just making sure the environment stays um, um, like that, that, that they can carve out the best 
uh, version of themselves and go on to whatever that is. And, and hopefully we, we get as many as drafted as we possibly can. Yeah, absolutely. Paul, what's it been like this year? Obviously, there's a high reputation um, and environment around um, the Oakley Chargers there. What's it been like to try and maintain that reputation, obviously, with the players that you guys have and the former coaches have processed in the last few years? Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's a, it's a really heavy, talented region, a lot like Sandringham was, and I came from the Sandringham um, program. So both programs um, have a lot of private schools within their zone. So um, by virtue of that, you generally get a little more talent, um, which is great. Um, so it has its challenges as well. We, Like I said before, we've got five different schools, competitions, and um, so it can be a little bit disjointed. So my, my main role really is to provide... And that stability I spoke about earlier on and at the same time try and nurture and educate and develop the individuals within it. Um, I feel like we're doing that really well. Paul, I was fortunate enough on Friday to watch Levi Ashcroft go to work um, for Brighton Grammar against Geelong down at Geelong. Have you noticed any major differences or improvements in his game throughout this year? Yeah, he was. Um, he, last year was clearly a talent. He went on and played a really strong Sandringham Dragons team and, and won a premiership. And um, he, he may well have even been somewhat frustrated, as even though he's only 16, because he didn't get as much game time uh, as the others. But that's that's the nature of the competition. You've got to push your, your top eight players to the forefront because it's their draft year. But he was still able to impact incredibly well and, and played predominantly as a forward. And, and I think the difference between everyone compares brothers, don't they, when they come through and his brother's just a wonderful, wonderful talent and doing great things at Brisbane. But um, for me, Levi's got that, um, he's got that X factor that it's hard to put your finger on. And um, very dangerous around goals, can find plenty of the football um, in the middle of the ground and, and can rack up numbers there. But I think around the goals is where he can be really, really dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. Paul, thanks so much for joining us on the Kids Edition this morning. It's been an absolute honour to have you on. No problem, Max. I really uh, really had fun and appreciate your time. Paul Griffiths, head coach of the Oakley Chargers in the Coach Talent League. Great to chat to him about all things footy. We'll take a quick break here on the Kids Edition and we'll be right back after this. The Kids Edition. We played a game and then we won it. I kicked it for everyone's legs. Oh, nice, yeah. The Kids Edition. With Max Becker and Ellie Blackburn. Welcome back to the Kids Edition. Ellie? Yeah. What's going to happen today? <laughs> well, we've got a couple of games on uh, this afternoon. Obviously, the Collingwood-Adelaide game and the Gold Coast versus Hawthorne game. But we are just chatting off air then, Max, about who we think is going to win what game and... Um, where our tips sort of lie with it and all. I'm a little bit bullish for the Collingwood-Adelaide game. <laughs> I think Adelaide might get up and win it. <laughs> <laughs> big call? It is a big call. I, like, obviously, it's at home and Collingwood are amazing to watch mm. and play. And I, I think it would be Adelaide, they'll need to play their best footy. But they've had a big confidence booster of recent times. They played against Collingwood earlier on in the year um and so like they obviously lost that game but they were right in it and they mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. knew how to play against them and I reckon they've studied it for a little bit now they've had a bit of time to to sit on it and think about it they um obviously had the bye last week so they've almost had two weeks to think about this game Max so I reckon they've assessed it and, and are going to come in potentially and and 
have a upsetting win. I reckon it's going to be a, a cracking game, though. Who have you got for it? I'm going to go with Collingwood. I think that yep. the return of Jeremy Howe, um, is, he's going to have a massive impact at home at the MCG. I think the crowd's going to get around Howie yep. every time he touches the ball. And I'm looking forward to, uh, to see what he does. So Collingwood and Adelaide live from the MCG. 10 past one, your commentators on AFL Nation. Brett Phillips, John Donahoe, and the legend himself, Kane Corns. I've got a big call. No, here we a go. A big call. Kane Corns is correct and right about 90% of the time of everything he says. You can agree <laughs> or disagree with me on this. 90% of the time. The only, the only time any people criticise Kane Corns is that 10% of the time where he is incorrect and he's wrong, that gets shown on TikTok <laughs> and on social media. And this is, this is something that really frustrates me because if you listen to Fireball Friday, you listen to everything. Kane Corns is on SEN two to four hours a day, yeah. average, right? And if you listen to what he says, he's correct about 90% of the things he talks about. And that's what frustrates me with people um, saying Kane Corns is incorrect and that's something that... Um, What's the 10% is incorrect about, Max? Um, I think it would be, be the uh, call on Tim Taranto um, <laughs> earlier in the year. <laughs> but we'll get to our next game. Gold Coast and Hawthorne live from Heritage Bank Stadium. A 4.40pm game. Ali, who have you got for that one? Yeah, I, I, I reckon I'm going to go Gold Coast in this one. Without Sisley for Hawthorne, I think hurts them quite a, quite a bit. I think mm-hmm. the, just the way he's been setting up the games for Hawthorne. Um, from the defensive structure and, and just his his leadership and guidance on field, I think they'll miss um, in the game this afternoon. So I'm going to go Gold Coast. I think they'll bounce back in this one, Max. Who have you got? I'll go Gold Coast too, I think. Up in the heat in on the Gold Coast, they're going to be too strong for the Hawks at 4.40pm. Joe Watton, Jordan Canales and Josh Jenkins driving you home for Sunday footy. It's the Hawks and the Suns. It's been a great show here on the Kids Edition. We've spoken to Oakley Chargers, head coach of the Coach Talent League. Paul Griffiths, been great to chat to him. Next week, join us on the Kids Edition from 8 till 9am. We speak to Nelly Yoa, Australian, Australian of the Year nominee. Thanks for joining us on the Kids Edition with Max and Ellie. We'll see you next weekend.